Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. We've got a full house tonight. Dave from the District Sports page, Dave Nichols from the District Sports page, Tom Bridge from the District Sports page, and Doug House from Federal Baseball are on the line. Where to start with this blanking mess? I guess we'll go Doom! Doom! Bases loaded, the Nationals... Get a Little League inside the park grand slam from Michael Taylor. Yoannis suspended, gets them four runs when he misplays a grounder to seven. The center, maybe three runs. It probably drove in one or two on the hit. They take a seven-to-one lead at that point, going into the bottom of the seventh inning. Top of the seventh, whatever. I'm just beyond mad at this point. Blake Trining gives up a run on a two-out single by Wilmer Flores. Felipe Rivero comes on and walks Juan Uribe to load the bases in front of Curtis Granderson. Walks Granderson, the fourth in a run, 7-3 to three at that point. Soren comes on to face Ioannis Espedes with the bases loaded and gives up a base-clearing double, 7-6 to six at that point. <sighs> Walk to Daniel Murphy, a wild pitch to David Wright, second to third with two outs. I walked to David Wright as well. I'm just losing track of this whole thing because it's just this whole game has me furious, whatever. Lucas Duda comes up with the bases loaded again. Four-pitch four pitch walk, 7-7 seven to seven at that point. Seventh inning ends up being 12 batters, six walks, six runs for the Mets. They come back from a 7-1 to one deficit, tie the game up at seven, Dave, and it, I've never seen a complete and utter breakdown like this. Storin getting furious on the mound because he doesn't like the call on, on the strikes and the entire Nationals fan base just screaming at him to just throw strikes and for somebody to freeze, please just throw strikes. They don't. They walk six batters, six runs score. The Mets tie it up, and unbelievably, the Nationals blow a 7-1 lead there. You know, sports fans say unbelievable you know, all the time. I mean, it's one of it's one of Charlie Slow's catchphrases. But watching that top of the seventh inning unfold, it was simply unbelievable. I mean, what happened? You could sit and watch ten thousand baseball games, ten thousand major league baseball games, and that wouldn't unfold the way that it unfolded. Um, you know, Felipe Rivera, start with Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan walking a guy. Blake Trinan's walked guys all season long, okay? Big deal. Felipe Rivera, a guy that had never pitched above double A before this season, comes in and walks both the guys that he faces. You know, yeah, it, it shouldn't happen, but it does happen. But to see Drew Storen come out there with all that's going on and all that, that, that he has been through – and as well as he pitched in the beginning of the season and as poorly as he's pitched since since Jonathan Papelbon joined this team, for him to go up there and just simply lose focus on what he was doing, um, I mean, the, the, the television showed 
inconclusive of any alternate between looking incredulous and looking uninterested and looking scared. I mean, all of these things all wrapped up at once. And I'm not a big fan of reading body language in ball players again. But when the TV shows are close to the guy's face, and you can see him looking like a deer in the headlights on the pitching mound as he continues to throw ball after ball after ball and can't find the strike zone. Um, there, you know, there are times when a player has to take responsibility for what happened, and, and Drew Storm simply has to take responsibility for this. He failed. He failed epically. And as nice a guy as he is, as big a fan favorite as he is, this loss is on him. Matt Williams did something wrong up until the middle of the seventh inning tonight. Drew Storm has to get a goddamn out in that situation, and he failed. So, guys, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Honestly, it's just unbelievable. Six walks in the inning. They go through pitcher after pitcher. I mean, we've put a lot on Matt Williams this year. We've blamed him for a lot of things that have gone wrong. We've questioned a lot of his decisions. The fan base, apparently, people in the President's Club booed him at the end of his presser tonight. But this one's not on Matt Williams. This is on the Nationals relievers' complete inability to throw strikes in that inning. Yeah, uh, the the new hotness that I've been seeing is that, that this is Williams' fault because he didn't he didn't pitch Fister there uh, with the, with the six run lead, but I, I I can't imagine anyone would be happy with Fister coming out. Although I was going to say I can't imagine him giving up six runs, but then again, I I couldn't imagine the middle of the Nats bullpen giving up six walks, including three by Drew Storen. Trinan and Rivero are relatively inexperienced. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Dave has a point there. But, you know, you, you've got a six-run lead. I can't imagine that when McCaddy came out to talk to him, he didn't say something very much akin to make them hit it by throwing a strike in the strike zone and, and then possibly even describing where that actual location was, maybe with a little diagram. I didn't see him out there with a whiteboard, but I'll, I'll have to check that. Maybe he drew it in the, in the dirt with his foot on the mound. <laughs> But, yeah, this this is the, the sort of stunning level of bullpen collapse that, that honestly, you, you, you don't ex- expect to see with the modern Nats. The bullpen has been, has been soft in the second half of the season. But, wow, there's, there's soft, and then there's whatever this was. I don't know, wet tissue paper? That was, that was, that was pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, I... I, I <laughs> It, it's sort of a running joke about yelling throw strikes at the pitcher. Of course he's going to throw strikes. It's what he's paid to do, and he understands that's what he has to do. But it, it's still kind of stunning to me that no one could throw strikes this particular happening. And, I, you know, you, you really can't blame Matty for putting in decent relievers instead of, you know, throwing in the mop-up guy and crossing your fingers that they don't mount a comeback against him. Tom, just to go Three through this again, get one out against six people. Tom, just to go through this again because my notes are a mess of scribbles and angry etchings on my paper here. David Wright singles two outs later. Michael Conforto walks. Wilmer Flores singles to drive in right seven to two at that point. Juan Uribe walks with Felipe uh, Rivera on the mound. Curtis Granderson walks. Load the bases at that point. Drew Storen comes on. A base-clearing double by Jonas Espedes, who just crushes a 1-0 pitch. Daniel Murphy walks in the next at-bat. A wild pitch by Storen. Moves uh, both runners into scoring position. Then Storen walks David Wright. Lucas Duda comes up. He walks him, too, to force in the tying run. Uh, we've 
stuck up for Drew Storen, and Nastown loves him, but I'm sure we'll get off of this inning eventually tonight. But have you seen anything like this? We've watched a lot of baseball together. I know you've watched a lot of baseball yourself, too, but this is just something I've never seen before. A team just folding in front of the whole baseball world. I, I counted tonight. I, I counted that I've been watching baseball since 1988. This is the 27th year that I have watched baseball. I have never, ever seen an inning so bad as the as the seventh inning tonight. I've seen a lot of bad baseball. I've seen a lot of bad baseball in this town. Nothing, nothing comes close to what I saw tonight. And, you know, it's hard because on one level, you know, you shouldn't have expectations anymore. This is not a team for which expectations is – you know, something that, that you should have at this point. But you expect a little bit better than what we got from Trinan and Rivero and Storin tonight. And you can be mad, Natstown. I, I, I'm fine with you being mad. But honestly, what I feel right now, more than anything else, is that I'm three months after a bad breakup. I'm not mad anymore. I'm just sad for them. And that's how I feel as a Nats fan right now, is that I'm just sad. And there is nothing at this point that that can make anybody feel any better about this inning tonight. You just have to own what's yours and move along. And, you know, as as much as we, uh, you know, are going to spend a lot of time talking about the seventh inning, probably for the next year, Man, I would rather have watched anything else tonight, <laughs> including some of those shows where they show you, like, surgery live. That that I would not have wanted to watch more than this tonight, but that's the only thing I Child, Childbirth videos on YouTube, maybe. I just... Uh, well, at least something Dave good will... comes out of that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dave, uh, let's get past the seventh inning if we can. Jonathan Papelbon comes on because Matt Williams has really no choice at that point. He's already used up all, I don't know, there's still people out there, whatever. But he brings on Jonathan Papelbon for the eighth inning, gets two outs. Kirk Neuenheist comes up, gets a 1-0 pitch, just absolutely crushes it. Home run to right, complete the comeback, 8-7 to seven at that point. I have here FSS in my notes, but I'm not sure what that means, but just unbelievable that Papelbon comes on and ends up giving up that blast, and the Mets come all the way back from 7-1 to take an 8-7 lead there. Well, it was entirely predictable. And after the Nats went up 7-1 to there in the sixth inning, I almost tweeted, you know, this is just going to make the way this game ends tonight that much more heartbreaking. Um, it, 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 it seems like it's inevitable now that the Nats are going to find the most – a uh, painful way of losing winnable games, and they continue to do it. The the Nets win expectancy tonight um, after the final after the Mets final out in the um, in the in the or the Nets final out in the bottom of the sixth. The the Nets win expectancy was ninety nine point two, and as one uh, astute um, uh, Twitter follower mentions, that's about the the same uh, safety claim that they make for for professional prophylactics. So. Um, the Nats <laughs> um, Yeah, it just it just continues to, to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, John Morosi um, 
the National Beat reporter tells us that, that with the six games to play, no team has ever blown a six-game division lead with 24 games to play in the wild card era. So the Nets' official, the national season officially ended tonight, according to uh, John Morosi. Um, but some of us have said that the Nets' season ended long ago. Uh, it wouldn't be Nats nightly, I suppose, if we didn't pick apart one move, doghouse. Jason Worth singles to start the ninth inning off of Juris Familia. The Mets' closer is on to try to wrap this up. Anthony Rendon comes up. I, I can't remember him ever bunting someone over in my no, life. No, just media. Matt, Matt Williams asks him to bunt him over. I he know. gets down a bunt, but bunts too hard, bunts into an out at second to give away the first out of the oh, inning. No. Bryce Harper walks, but UNL Escobar grounds into a double play to end it there. Uh, just uh, at that point, it's just, you know, they've already blown this game. It's over, basically. And Jason Warriors calls it after the game the worst loss of his career, and he's had a long career. But I just don't uh, Why are you asking Rendon to bunt there, I guess, is my question, if I have to round this rumbling, mambling, stupid stuff I'm saying into a question. Well, you know, it, sorry to jump in here, but Matt was saying, oh, you know, if it had been 3-2, I'd have let him swing away. Are you kidding me? Really? Doghouse. Are you there, Mr. House? Take off your mute button. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I've been cursing a lot in the background. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you got, you got to win the game right there. So you're not playing for one run; you're playing for two runs. Uh, so giving away an out to move the runner over, mistake, mistake. First of all, should not be bunting at all. You've you got to bet on winning the game because there's no one left for extras, at least no one who you're going to trust to hold it given how things have gone. So you've you got to play for two runs. That means no bunting. And even if you've got this bloody-minded thing that you always play for the tie at home, uh, once you get ahead in the count like that, come to your senses, Matt. Let him swing 3-2. That's a bunch of nonsense. When he, when he was up 2-1, he, he should have been swinging away there, or, or at least trying to work a walk, which uh, I, I don't remember the, the the pitch track for the, the ball he bunted, but that, that was not a very fast strike if it was, in fact, a strike. Uh, it's a 3-1 pitch. You know you're going to get a strike, and you got one of your best hitters up there who's kind of these turns it on in the last few weeks after coming off the DL. He's swinging the bat well now. Like you said, you're not just playing for one run. You want to tie it up, sure, but you don't trust the bullpen at this point, Dave. Uh, Buster takes the bat out of Harper's hands. Right. Yeah. Right. Tom, go ahead, Dave. Even if you get the bunt over, over, all you're doing is putting Harper on. And and while, yeah, that puts the winning run on base, you've got – you got Rendon, Harper, and Escobar. Your two, three, and four hitters. The guy that you, the guys that you depend on to get base hits coming up, and asking him on to sacrifice is essentially saying, "I don't know what I'm doing as a manager." We got about 20 seconds left. I've had enough of this game. Uh, Michael A. Taylor there. should have been an inside the park home run. That was not an error. Inside the park home run for <laughs> Taylor. Let's go around the room once more. Review that scoring. It's booed out of his press conference. We'll start with you, Dave. Is this the end for him? Do the Nationals have to make a move at this point? I don't put this game at all on him. It's all on the bullpen as far as I'm concerned. But things have completely fallen apart here. It doesn't look like they have any chance of making the postseason unless something absolutely miraculous happens, like you mentioned with John Morosi. So start with Dave. What does the future hold for Matt Williams? 
once you're getting people that paid $350 for a single baseball ticket to boo you during a press conference, your time is over. Doug Harris? I, I got to agree with, with Dave. I don't feel quite so strongly about it, but even if Rizzo believes in him, feeling the heat from the fans might, might force his hand. Tom, last word. If, uh, if they get swept tomorrow, he's done. If they get swept tomorrow, it's all over for Matt Williams. And I, I'll feel bad because, you know, Matt Williams is a giant growing up and a guy that I really like. But he's going to go under the train now. I have a lot of stats from Jordan Zimmerman before this start, but I'm not going to read them for the sake of everyone involved here. That's nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com, 71-67 and 67 on, the night, on the year after tonight's loss. Just a heartbreaker in every possible way. They were gifted a 7-1 lead and blew it. Second straight to the Mets. They're now six games out with 24 to play. We'll talk to you all tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you all at least and get a little bit off our chest at this point. But other than that, it's just a disaster of a night. Talk to you guys soon. Go Nets. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.